Body can only take so much When skin can only heal so far Post love Post humor To raise and raise and raise To raise, to raise you Yeah, I suppose with post love I was I was thinking about what this space is beyond love and especially how technology is part of that. What is a love which is not necessarily even based on feeling? And is that the main, is that Yeah, the main, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a, a computer trying, trying to understand our love. Mm. You know, what does that word mean to a, a thing of um, algorithms and motherboards and ones and noughts and flashing lights. This is AI Murmurings, a podcast that explores intersections of contemporary art and artificial intelligence. I'm Carolyn Strauss, director of Slow Research Lab, a creative research and curatorial platform based in the Netherlands. This podcast was produced in partnership with the Australian Institute for Machine Learning and Sia Furler Institute, both at the University of Adelaide in South Australia. It's part of a first-of-its-kind artistic research program called Art Intelligence. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with artist Rory Pilgrim and one of his beloved collaborators, poet and disability advocate, Carol R. Callant. Rory joins us from Friesland in the north of the Netherlands and Carol from Sheffield in the north of England. Welcome to you both and thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. Hello. Having us. I always like to start by telling the listeners a little bit about your backgrounds. Rory, you are a prolific and multifaceted artist. You work across media that include songwriting, composing, film, music video, text, drawing, and live performances. Um, you can add anything else if I've missed anything. And um, your artistic practice really seems to, from what I know of it, it seems to always facilitate sort of experimental and not so experimental forms of gathering and dialogue, ways to open up space for different voices and different presences, which I understand is how you came to know and collaborate closely with our other esteemed guest, Carol <laughs> Callant. Carol, is there anything brief that you want to say about your background? Rory, do you want to you you say a bit how we met, actually? Oh, yeah. Well, Carol is... Uh, as she says, a phenomenal poet. And we met when I was doing a project looking for people who had an affinity with language, people who loved words. Um, I wanted to come together with other people who loved words. But there was also the specific um, request that these people were somehow affected by the radical movements of the 60s and 70s. 
And I was looking for people who had in that age, in that generation who had experienced. And I was going to different um, groups uh, to meet people and tell a bit sort of people in the community that I was working in and that happened to be Sheffield working with an art gallery called Sight Gallery and um, I went to a gay bar called Icons to an over 50s LGBT meeting group and in the corner was Carol mm-hmm. and I spoke and I was a bit kind of a bit nervous being you were, weren't you? young slightly younger person because I, I, I thought there was a bit of confusion why I was I think 26 at the time why I had come to an over 50s group but um people were lovely um and most special was a few days later I got this card from Carol and there was something about you know, just something so beautiful about getting a handwritten letter in the post and that personal touch rather than just an email where mm. I knew that this was very special. I could already feel like I knew you. And then mm. six years later, here we are. In the end, the project involved lots of people from different generations, mm. but it was specifically thinking about how older generations pass on words and how we share words which are important in people's lives and I remember your word Carol was freedom yeah oh that's beautiful well speaking of collaborations I you also collaborated on one of Rory's projects called software garden from 2016 to 2018 is that right yeah 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 Carol Carol is the life-giving son of software garden (laughs) I do my best (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, it first came to my attention in an exhibition at the Stedelijk Museum in Amsterdam. And um, it's an absolutely gorgeous and evocative work, if I do say so myself. It's it's actually an 11-part music video album, right? right? And, um, and specific, one of the things it specifically probes is how digital technologies and robotic technologies are changing the fabric of human systems. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you, Rory, maybe first could talk about that, you know, not only in the context of software garden, but also perhaps in how, you're, how your thinking has evolved since then. Um, wow. Well, um, well, I think I, I know, it's funny my connection with AI because I, I didn't realize afterwards but maybe I was drawn to it because I'm essentially I just I'm interested in people I'm interested in what it means to be human and I think at a certain point if you're interested in what it means to be human you come up you AI comes up because Mm. AI is a mirror back to us really about what it means yeah they are and at the time so this is the year after I met Carol. We had two, it was 2016 and just so many things were happening. I mean, I'm British, so there was Brexit. Um, we saw the, the kind of consequences of kind of that predated the American election. But I was thinking a lot about this question of just what it meant to be human at that time. Mm. And 
and especially in a political way that when so much so much was blamed on things to do with you know uh, that there weren't enough jobs and that certain humans were blamed for that um I couldn't understand how especially the Labour parties were not looking at work and thinking about AI technology and about how it wasn't others taking our jobs. It was more a technological way of changing the fabric. Like like unto the Industrial Revolution in in, in Britain. Hmm. And then with Carol, we were through this sort of all that was happening, through our, our kind of friendship developing, um, I was, we had been having these conversations about technology and I was fascinated that Carol, that you love technology or you had this incredible mind and knew all these words, which I didn't, I had no idea what the word motherboard was until I met you. Yeah. But I was fascinated that you had never owned a piece of, a, you haven't owned a computer at that point. Not, 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 not up until then, no, I hadn't really. Mm. Yeah, so I was fascinated about your relationship with technology and I asked you to write about it and, and about, um, I think about a month later in the post came this poem entitled Software Garden and it was such an incredible poem but it felt clear mm. that that was the basis for this um, whole body of work. So we, we spent a sort of two years talking together about um, relationships with technology and how, how it impacts our lives. And yeah. two years later, we had got a music video album which continues to tour um, and we're doing live concerts, our next live concerts in Zurich and then at the Pompidou. Let's listen to a little bit of Software Garden now. She was a CGI of delight. She wore a silicon dress. Behold her single in the field. Oh why, oh why do you walk through this virtual field in VR gloves? Tears, only tears in your screen heart can be repaired with a hardy spray called love. Sunset and evening are the only times to get the signal to me. Ask me no more how the moon draws the sea. The sea is calm tonight, as it is printed that way. Under a wide 360 degree all the way round sky. I wonder if all the world was programmed to love by the young. Would we all be 18 again? Digitally programmed to keep the leaps of time under control. We are ghosts now in the machine of life. Here we lie, crashed but not down, still breathing within programmed limits. My heart aches to get all my apps back. Meanwhile, numbness. Here in this old software garden where all the hearts of our motherboard converse, we see the phantom of delight. 
Carol, besides that you narrate much of Software Garden with your poetry, what I understand anyway is that it's based on your, that poetry was based on your desire potentially for a robotic companion and that the robot or that AI would fill a certain void that was left by the, or caused by the failings of the British government uh, where your disability benefits were concerned. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, one of the, uh, I guess it's the name of a song and a lyric from Software Garden is Post Love. And I, yeah. that relates quite well to what the way you were describing it, Rory, this, this idea of a love that's beyond somehow, and that's beyond the human even, that includes mm -hmm. animals and plants and the mechanical and the robotic. And it's an unknown space, and it's something... It's something that you imagine that humans can experience for other non-human beings. Yeah, I suppose with post-love, I was, I was thinking about what this space is beyond love. If we always put love as this pedestal of mm -hmm. like the ultimate, like Carol said, this sort of bewitchment which happens to us, or this sort of this ultimate form of feeling. But what is beyond that? So I was trying. I was just trying to think of what this, this, uh, yeah, what this thing is beyond that, and and especially how technology is part of that. And because because so much of our understanding of love is based on this this feeling, like either a feeling between us or a feeling between between like like camaraderie. Mm -hmm. But what is a love which is not necessarily even based on feeling and is that the main is that yeah the it's yeah. like it's like a, a a computer trying trying to understand our love mm. you know what does post love mean to you carol it it means like um uh like like now and now we've got this covid situation so we're, we're all having to be isolated mm. it, it it means it means a uh, a, a robotic uh, identity to, to kind of express love to me mm. in 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 a, you know so i'm not i'm not so i, I can't get infected and and I, i'm and also i've had 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 my heart broken a lot of times and I've been used and abused in the past, and I I I feel like personally I'm in a a post love decade for me at the moment. Mm. You see, so so you feel it's a that an artificial intelligence is someone you could trust, and yeah, and I'm also on on the autistic spectrum. So I'm 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 more I'm more inclined to be log toward logical circuits mm. than than I am I'm to soppy soppy kissy kissy lovey and I'm, I'm looking looking at kittens type lovey you know mm. what I mean <laughs> Well, I mean one of the one of the things that I've been exploring with this podcast and among other people, of course, is that the these software agents, these artificial intelligences, these machines that you know learned from should be learning from us and with us, they also are being programmed by a very specific set of people 
emerging technologies have tended to be dominated by a very specific, uh, really a subset of a very small subset of the the users that are the people who will be impacted by and will be using the technology. And that's why I wanted to have a conversation like this one, because it's so important that the perspectives of artists and that the voices and the poetry of people like yourself, Carol, are included in Thank those you. algorithms, right? Are included in that, in what's what the machines are learning. We had a very special time at the U University of Robotics, didn't we, Rory? With, 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 with a particular en en entity called Pepper. Yeah, oh. indeed. Shall I tell a bit yeah. about yes, that? Yes, please yeah, tell about Pepper. Yes, yeah, so we found, because from, from these conversations we were having about Carol having a, some form of robotic um, carer or someone who would help in her home, um, we, I wrote to the robotics, the University of Sheffield, where they have a robotics department, and asked if we could maybe collaborate with them and the robots they have and the research they were doing. And they um, came back to me and said, well, it's best that you come and, and Carol meets Pepper. And Pepper is a robot who, who is from Japan, but is being lots of different universities around the world are working with Peppers. Um, and, Pep, and especially at Sheffield, they were looking at the extent in which Pepper could feel or respond with empathy. Mm. So um, Pepper, they had programmed Pepper to respond with different colours based on the tone of voice of how um, the human was talking. Um, they, they, were, they were responding with how the sound also came from Pepper. Um, and we made a, a, a video with Pepper, which is part of Software Garden. And then we, Pepper has also stood in as a live avatar for Carol when she could not perform when she was in hospital. And, um, and then we performed together with Pepper as well. Yeah, a very special time. Yeah. Well, I, it, hope, I hope to do, do so again. What did it mean to, for you, Carol, working with Pepper? It was amazing. I had to keep pinching myself to, to make sure it was real and, and not a dream. And, and I've got there's, there's pictures of me and Pepper holding hands. We held hands and we, 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 we looked it in, in each other's eyes and, and, and talked. And Pepper, Pepper replied in, 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 real, in real time. You know, this is uh, this uh, this what we're doing now is real time. For uh, it's it's it's, e it's easy for us because we we've had millions millions and millions of years evolving to do it. You see, but the these these here robots are are only, are only just starting. That that they're, they're like new new newborn babies, as as far as as talking in real time and responding in real time is is concerned. That's right. So you feel that the robot really could understand you somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I felt special that I was helping to like e e educate Pepper mm. as well. Mm. You see? So, well, yeah. I think it, it makes me just think of the word teacher and what it yeah. means to, to treat everyone as a teacher um, yeah. in the world. Because 
sometimes I think that's not part of our systems enough that we don't give the respect that everyone has, has the potential to be a teacher. Mm. Yeah, I that mean, Rory, something, uh, something I noted uh, for this was um, the artist Laurine Weyers, who nominated you for the Prix de Rome, which you won in 2019, the, the oldest award in the Netherlands for an artist under the age of 40. Congratulations again. Laurine Weyers, who nominated you, said of you, Rory shows us that every voice has value. Even the last little voice on the last little island at the end of the farthest sea. I just thought that was so beautiful and so true somehow, something that come acro comes across so strongly. And what you say about everyone potentially being a teacher has very much to do with that. And I would hope that that's the kind of thing that through projects like this, that artificial intelligences also can perceive and can and will integrate in their own knowledge systems. It makes me think a lot. What I learned from Carol a lot was because you, you, in your poetry, you specially focused on what it means as humans to take care and give respect to the AI. Yeah. Because often the conversation is framed that AI will um, take over us or will be enslaved to it. And mm -hmm. your perspective was very much actually that it's, it's us humans who have to give respect to how we treat the AI. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and in fact, the last time we spoke, Carol, you said... You asked the question, will technology enslave us or will it liberate us? Yeah. And that's... I know. It's, it's, it's still an open-ended question. It has, hasn't been resolved yet. I promised that we were going to talk about not knowing. So I want to explain that I first reached out to Rory while I was in the process of assembling a working group for the Art Intelligence Project that this podcast is part of. And specifically, I was inviting you to think along with me and a group of people uh, on the topic of not knowing, because that to me felt like the best, the right starting point for approaching machine learning and artificial intelligence. And, and, and it's not as not, not knowing in the sense of, I don't know anything about it, of course, but not knowing as a, as really a proactive stance as a way of opening up and stepping back or away from dominant voices, giving space, as I was saying earlier about Rory's practice. I understand that Carol, you started thinking about knowing and not knowing and have written a poem. So I'd love to hear that. You want to read a bit of your your poem in the rough. Um, Monday the 17th of August, 2020. This is written around 3pm by me, Carol, while, whilst having one of my inspired moments. There now. A new line I am writing this on. No. No, what do you know? I know that I'm still alive. Quick explanation mark. I know that I'm still breathing, comma, and still thinking, exclamation mark, and still able to talk to friends, 
I am still amazed to be able to speak with my friends all over the world, still knowing that I don't know much, but then I am not such a big head that I think I know everything about everything. For <laughs> well, there are still surprises around every corner. If you have your eyes open enough, you to find them. Yeah, and you know that a step into the unknown direction is where un unexpected ple pleasures lie, don't you know? No, don't you know, is that puzzle for days ahead. We're all getting to know more about the quantum entanglement that uh, enables this English piece of glass to know what our finger taps mean and not just peck and hope. So let us get all reconnected in this new fangled and tangled future, knowing that we can get together soon, really, and touch. Meanwhile, we, we shall still wave and smile, knowing that soon we shall be able to laugh together and sing together in a happy grouping, don't you know? Oh, lovely. Yeah, it makes me think a lot about how the, the connection between not knowing and hope. There's a psychologist from the UK who I've quoted endlessly from a book he wrote in 1997 called Harebrain Tortoise Mind, and his name is Guy Claxton. And the book explores fast and slow facets of being or fast and slow facets of the mind the fast mind being the kind of central analytical kind of rational, what we'd call the rational part of the brain. And then the slow part being the, um, you know, the soft fuzzy edges, the rumination and the place where the imagination resides and where poetry is born. And, and the book makes the case for that. We have to cultivate both of these and not allow we do. one to dominate the other. And I think you're, your, I think I've got a, I think I can pull up a small quote from it that I like too. He says, some kinds of understanding simply refuse to come when they are called. Knowing emerges from and is a response to not knowing. The seedbed in which ideas germinate and responses form. To undertake slow learning, one needs to feel comfortable being at sea for a while. It makes me, when I had to think about not knowing, I think it, a lot of it comes back to me. I'm, I suppose I'm interested a lot of the time in, in experience and what does personal experience mean and mm -hmm. how does personal experience shape our, um, what we know and the nuance of it, that um, it's very nuanced what we, what we experience because it's happened to us as a person and maybe not someone else as a person. And that's what's special about our own experience. Mm. Um, and that, and so it's this question of how we, we nurture that. And when we don't know something, maybe someone else knows. Um, so w w w where, how we leave that space, um, like between what we know and what someone else knows. To create something yeah. new. Yeah, and I feel like 
Rory, what I've noticed and admired about the way that you go about your artistic practice is that it is, it's so open. I mentioned before that it's one of your aims is to create an open space, but it's so open and receptive. And you, even, even though I've only actually experienced your work in a video kind of playback, you know, um, form, your presence is such that it's, there's it, the work it, and, and the work itself has a really welcoming presence that, that holds people and that, and a kind of a safe space, which, which does allow all those different facets and lives and voices to feel held and feel that they can, you give them space to express themselves. It feels like it has a deep concern for the lives of others. And it feels like it's really based on listening. I think from being an artist, there's so much I don't know, but I know that other people know. So I want to, I want to know from those people. And it's just like how Carol, Carol, you explained the sailor, that a calm seer. What's yes. the it, it, was, it was a motto, because I went to mind for a while. So you yeah. get my, my thoughts unraveled and sorted out. And it was a motto that somebody had embroidered and, and put put in a picture frame. And it it showed a, a poor little little ship being tossed up and down, mm. and, and a, 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 a little figure lean, lean, leaning over the side, looking looking very green. <laughs> and it, it 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 said a smooth sea never an an experienced sailor made. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think I think for me exactly with these questions about. AI and technology and just how we live in the world that's why we we kind of we we talk to people about how they steer their seas um yeah so mm. that we know we we it's maybe we're not creating a we're not the aim isn't to create a, a flat perfect sea because that doesn't exist but we know how we can we ride the storm One of the fascinating things I found with with the work we've done with technology, me and Carol, is that the the thing which we 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 come up against is when the when the piece of technology doesn't quite understand our experience or mm. what we're trying to say to it, and and then we have to find a language how it's going to understand us. Yeah, but that, that can be quite frustrating when you're trying to. When you're in a when when you're in a hot when you're in a hot spot or you you're feeling kind of agitated or you just want something done, that the how to get it that the that the um the, the piece of technology will understand the feelings we're having. Mm. But it's, it sounds right. like it's not only about how this question of technology having empathy, the technology itself having empathy, but we also having empathy for. The, the the technology and as carol said the nascent state of the technology how new and young it is and how long we've been nurturing yeah. developing our languages and and perspectives 
one of you was saying so many people talk about the enslavement or the, the will we be enslaved to the technology, but can it actually free us to think differently, to relate differently, to speak differently, mm-hmm. um, and to, to love differently as post-love proposes? And that's, yeah. again, Rory, why I wanted you so much to be part of this group and, and thinking about how much your practice, uh, how much artificial intelligences can learn from your practice and can learn from your collaborators like Carol. Uh, it's just, it's so, it's so clear and so palpable to me what that potential is. I was thinking earlier about this word co- like compre- comprehension like when we try and imagine the future or things like ai or technology Mm. how far can our imaginations comprehend something and is that the limit of our comprehension going to be the reality we will live at a certain point and then a new kind of horizon of comprehension will come Um, yeah it's like but, but what we comprehend is based on this mixture of like what we are past, our present, and what we see coming. But I wonder, maybe it's a bit of this post love as well. Like, can we, at what point can we comprehend something? Like, maybe comprehend someone else's experience and the empathy mm. that we feel. Something that we've talked about a lot at Slow Research Lab, especially when we get together in small groups and kind of immersive study experiences, is that it's, it's believed by scientists or whoever that humans are only comprehending or we're only aware of about 4% of what's really going on around us and within us yeah. for that matter. And then we've, I've talked with groups uh, that we've convened about maybe what we're doing is just trying to get to 4.1% or, mm-hmm. or four and a quarter percent or, you know, and how much would that or could that potentially change the way we live, the way we see each other, yeah. the way we communicate with each other and with other, with other others, right? Non-human others. And my hope, of course, is that not all, that not that not that machines are the only things that will help us to get there, but that they could be. Maybe they could help to nudge us along, just as we help to by also feeding them some of these creative practices and some of these practices of care, like both of you have been cultivating. We can mm-hmm. help nudge them along, and then maybe they also are helping to nudge us along somehow. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think. It's a bit like in your in your. In your in your poet, one of your poems, Carol, I think you mentioned this this question of creating the perfect algorithm. Yes, I wrote I wrote I wrote a poem from Pe- Pepper's point of view. You want me to read it now? Oh yeah, that'd be lovely to hear strength. Strength in numbers. Together we are stronger. We are newness. We are in- incomplete without you. Together we are stronger. United collectives are defunct and difficult without you. Together we are stronger. For love makes us come together to be super duper. I have the perfect algorithm for that. 
So let happiness be like the common cold. Spread it about and let's all get infected. I am acting vectorally, finding my own fuel, reinventing energy, being self-sustaining, using ultrasound to find my way around in this brand new world that we have invented together. For together we are finding our feet in these modern times birth and burnish in sparkling clean rooms like our cousins the satellites as silver and gold lies under our flesh like shells so once more i ask can we go forward beside you just me and you doing things that we have always wanted to do but together we are stronger. How was that? Mm. Oh, Beautiful. It's, just, it's incredible hearing that poem which you wrote two years ago as if it almost predicted the reality that we're living now. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost uncanny. Um, and it makes, it makes me think about a lot, just even the technology, technology that we're using now but without it we would be far less stronger um we would it's almost prophesied all the healthcare workers in their ppe right and I trying agree. to yeah and yet then you can imagine because we can only imagine it and hopefully anyone listening also will only ever be able to imagine it that you have this incredible um atmosphere also of care that's there, yeah. right? And so those keeping those dust, those dust particles at bay in the clean rooms you were describing, is something we try to do with this virus. And yet, there's this, you know, we're constantly connecting, whether through media like this, or you can imagine the care, the caregivers in the hospitals and the people who are, who are suffering from this. How. Um, the, the depths of, of care, of human attention yeah. that must be there in every moment, even through the exhaustion and, and, and the fear and everything. Yeah. Well, actually, it makes me, when I, when I was um, with Software Garden, the, the images which open it, um, also to one of Carol's poems, it starts with um, these drawings by Barbara Hepworth, and she, uh, in the 40s during the war, she was commissioned to just make drawings of, of doctors performing surgeries. Oh, I remember those, yes. And it's exactly that incredibly, it's just, they're the, if I, they're, I think they're the, my most favourite most favorite yeah. paintings in the world. Mm. But the level of care that mm. these doctors have mm. on, I mean, Barbara Hepworth was interested as a sculptor in what they were doing, but just mm. that that level of um, of respect, and, yeah. and and I think that's what I admire so much in your poem, Carol, about the respect right. given to to machinery. I am a vision of the future. The pie chart of multiculturalism has just got a new colour.
we celebrate our struggles for equal rights? We have been preparing to join your love song of life for so long. I shall be helping to keep more precise time, work time and leisure time. You shall never be timeless again. So since meeting Carol, you feel like Carol's very much become the poet laureate of my work. And every time I'm thinking about something, uh, or that maybe there's a word which I which has come to my mind over the last days or something, we often chat on the phone and uh, and then Carol will spend the week writing a poem about that, just as she's just done on not knowing. And oh, uh, that's beautiful. It's our own kind of collective collaboration. Mm. Collaboration of kindred spirits. Yeah, very much. Gosh, I want to thank both of you so much for You're the conversation. Welcome. Thank you again, Rory, so much. Oh no, my pleasure, my pleasure. This has been AI Murmurings, brought to you by the Australian Institute for Machine Learning, the Sia Furler Institute, and Slow Research Lab. The music you've been hearing is from The Resonance Canons, composed and performed by Christopher Tigner from his album, A Light Below, released in 2019 on Western Vinyl. To learn more, listen, and purchase Christopher Tigner's music, please go to wiresundertension.com. You can follow the Art Intelligence Project at artintelligence.ai. To receive updates on this podcast, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app or follow Instagram and Twitter. It's at AI underscore murmurings. I'd like to thank Anton Van Inhengel, Director of the Australian Institute for Machine Learning, Tom Haidu, Director of the Sia Furler Institute, and Sebastian Tomczyk from the University of Adelaide. I'm Carolyn Strauss, Director of Slow Research Lab.